Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and as always, my good friend, South Stand Chum, the beautiful bearded legend, Mr. Paul Evie. Thank you very much indeed. Happy New Year, everybody, and welcome back. This is episode number 127, and our first podcast for 2018 as we record this today on the 1st of January. Thank you to everybody who listened to us in 2017 and to all our guests who gave up their time to be interviewed by us. Um, Hopefully it wasn't too painful for you. Um, (laughs) This show will be a pretty bumper one to be fair because we've got a lot to update you on uh, as well as four matches. Oh, um, and something we haven't really announced yet, we've got an exclusive catch-up interview with uh, our principal investor, Mr. Kent Teague, who very kindly gave up some time earlier on today to have a chat with us. So I think without further ado, I think it's best that we just crack on and plough into our standard updates. So firstly, from the Supporters Club, there are two new trips to tell you about. First of all, coach places for the Cup game versus Bognor Regis on Saturday the 13th of January are £20 as a flat fare for all categories and coaches depart at 10am. That's on Saturday the 13th of January. The second trip is away to Halifax. The cost for this one is £31 for adults and £28 for concessions with a £3 surcharge for non-members. Coaches for this one depart a little earlier at half past nine in the morning and there's a 3pm kickoff for this one. You can book always via two ways on the supporters club on match days either before the match or after or on the travel line which is 077-2135970 and remember to please make your own arrangement for match tickets as the prices we have stated do not include your match ticket absolutely uh, the supporters club are also pleased to announce that there will be a meet the manager evening with Justin Edinburgh that's going to be taking place on Monday the 15th of January at 7.45 so there's a date for your diary there doors will open at 7pm tickets already being offered uh, to members and any remaining tickets will be offered to non-members on a first come first serve basis uh, at the home game against Boreham Wood this coming Saturday January the 6th or you can email loscinfo at aol.com Please note that all questions will be from the floor only and not set in advance. Um, So that is a date for your diary. Just to remind you, January the 15th, 7.45 Supporters Club. Yeah, it's a Monday night. Great evening. Yeah, we will try our best to be down there and And hopefully we'll record it. Always good to get that sorted. And the last part of the Supporters Club update is there's another quiz this time taking place on Sunday the 18th of February at 6pm. The price for this one is £8 a head with a max of eight people per team with food included in that price. Raffle money and all money raised will be going towards Haven House Charity as Lee Deering is trying to raise money for them as he's running the London Half Marathon for them. So yeah. good luck to Lee there. That's no mean feat there at all. So to enter a team you can contact Lee on Twitter. His Twitter handle is at gorillas1985 or by email on lmd85 at hotmail.co.uk or you can speak to Lee or Simon at the Supporters Club on a match day. So there's plenty of stuff going on at the Supporters Club in 2018 and a massive congratulations to them for all their hard work over the last year. It's amazing, yeah, amazing place to go before or after a match. Yeah, even when things weren't so great, it was still a good place to go uh, and just to let off steam and, and just to oh, sort of talk to other people. Uh, now, we mentioned the Supporters Club running their coaches and some of you uh, may or may not know that there is an alternative 
uh, coach that is going to be going to Eastleigh on St. Patrick's Day. Uh, I'm just going to read out from uh, the organisers of that coach who've asked us to to, to mention it. Um, the second, and I'm reading it from their Facebook profile, the second Le Bus de la Sun of the season will be the St. Patrick's Day Express on Saturday the 17th of March. And the bus will depart from the usual spot, which is Leytonstone O'Neill's by the Green Man Roundabout. All the usual Sunshine bus rules will be in place uh, on the way uh, home. Uh, it will depart at half past nine and it will leave straight after the game. The cost is £22 per person. So if you want a slightly alternative yeah. uh, option of getting to the Eastleigh uh, game, then by all means, um, please get in touch with uh, Joe, uh, if you know Joe Durston, uh, or you can email gfaburton at hotmail.com. Um, and there will be, he's asked, to, asked us to mention there will be the usual uh, selection of mindless films along with sporting and late and orient DVDs for patrons' enjoyment. An outstanding refreshment uh, stop has been organised. So wow. um, it sounds quite exciting. I always hear lots of good things about these, uh, these bus uh, um, options that, that Joe organises uh, have been meaning to get on one but haven't been able to so hopefully we'll do mate St Patrick's Day get on yeah it. absolutely so they, they are usually all good fun as well yeah it sounds like it's so a quite a few uh, AOB bits to start off with before we get going with the weeks that were so in episode 126 which was our last episode our Christmas special we were honoured to be able to bring you some Christmas messages from current and past figures from the O's however in all our excitement, and I can't believe we forgot to do this. My idol. We forgot to play you one from Paul's Idol. So, a belated message from Mr. Matt Lockwood. Hi guys, Matt Lockwood here. I just wanted to wish all the Orient faithful a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Let's hope 2018 is full of three points and success on the pitch. Because let's be honest, you guys deserve something to cheer about after enduring three and a half years of disappointments and failures. Keep the faith and I'm sure that Justin will get us back to where we belong. If not, give me a call. Have a great festive period, guys, and hopefully I'll see you all very soon. So superb there from Matt Lockwood. So Matt, thank you for your message. Apologies for not actually playing it in our festive special, but hey, we wanted to hold one over for the new year episode that's what we're <laughs> that's what we're with. sticking with absolutely um so we have a farewell um actually uh, to say uh, as you all probably know by now charlie long uh, has left the club to take up a new role with chelsea football club so he's the media and communications manager here or was uh, up until today uh, this evening um and we'd like to thank charlie personally and we've said it on social media, but but personally from us for his all his support with the podcast, and we genuinely wish him all the very best and every success for the future. An absolutely outstanding opportunity that that no one would yeah. would, would turn down from a career move. Um, you know, we've we've lost him, but it is absolutely Chelsea's gain, and and, and actually feel that we've gained a friend out out of it as well because he's such a nice guy as well. So, good luck, Charlie. Uh, all the very best, and again, yeah. thanks for everything you've done to help support us. Yeah. Couldn't have done it without you, really. Absolutely. So thank you very much I indeed. That. So more AOB now. The next spring, so March, it will be 40 years since the O's reached the FA Cup semi-final in the days when the FA Cup actually meant something. So the club are reuniting that team in March of next year with an anniversary dinner at the club. And to date... This year now. It is this year, yes. This year 1st now. of January, yeah. yeah. So later this year, in March... Uh, the following have indicated they will be going, so the following players, so Glenn Roder, Phil Hoadley, Derek Clark, 
Peter Kitchen, Peter Allen, Bobby Fisher, Bill Roffey, Peter Bennett and Nigel Gray. The club is still waiting for news from Joe Mayo, Kevin Godfrey, I can never say this surname properly, Don Chidozzi and Tunji Banjo and also hope the O's chairman from that period, Brian Winston will be there along with a couple of members of the behind the scenes team from that period. So the date for this one is Sunday the 25th of March which is an awesome day. If you know me you'll know why that is an awesome day. <laughs> And it's only £40 ahead. That's going to be a great night. You can book for this one by calling 0208 926 1006 or by emailing s.dixon at net. So that's Sunday, the 25th of March. The FA Cup team or squad from 77-78 all getting together on the 40th anniversary of that game. So get yourselves down there. If you're available, that'll be a great night. Yep, and just one last thing uh, to, to cover now and some good news is there's a new Orient fan yes. that, that, that joined the world in the last couple of days. So Matt from E10 Mess, his wife Linia uh, gave birth to a baby girl a couple of days ago. So congratulations to you, Matt. I don't know if you listen. Um, if you do, fantastic. Welcome um, and congratulations. And, and uh, we hope that uh, mother, mummy and baby are doing yeah. extremely well and everybody's healthy. So the two and a half weeks at work, so it feels like an awful long time ago since we last sat in this front room in the podcast towers doing a podcast. Yeah. So yeah. Monday the 18th of December, a happy 48th birthday to the gaffer, Justin Edinburgh. Yeah, the draw for the second round of the FA Trophy took place and we got drawn away to National League Southside Bognor Regis with the tie to be played on Saturday the 13th of January and it will be settled on the day and will go to penalties if yeah, necessary. Very exciting. Don't need no replays. Don't need no penalty shootout either. Hopefully get that done and dusted in the 19th. Yeah, absolutely. So Tuesday the 19th of December and Wednesday the 20th of December, two very quiet days in the Orient Outlook podcast towers as we were getting our festive presents ready and wrapping yeah. it out. getting our ting on <laughs> Thursday the 21st of December then another quiet day but we do get some decent coverage in the Evening Standard which is a, a London yeah. uh, newspaper as Justin Edinburgh was interviewed talking about the O's which included some decent quotes including this favourite of Steve's which says this would have been the only club I would have stepped back into the National League for. Yeah. So just shows you how ambitious Justin is. Yeah, good to see the club getting some coverage in the evening standard. It's not it's often usually negative well, coverage we get. Any coverage in that, like so it's really good to see. And it's quite a big big spread actually, so very good to see that. And Mooney Friday, the twenty second of December, another quiet day as we eagerly awaited the away match at Maidstone United. So following on, Saturday twenty third of December that day where we actually did go to Maidstone United away. The team was announced of Dean Bruingall at the back, Caprice, Ngala, Colson and Widdowson with McEnough, Lawless, Clay and Dayton in the midfield with Mooney and Bon up top. Subs for this one with Granger, Happy, Sanders White, Karoma and Harold. Yeah, uh, thoughts on that from my perspective. Obviously disappointed Juddy got dropped. Uh, he did well uh, in the Sutton game uh, the previous week but, but struggled. Uh, in the Haringey game, but I think it's fair to say that most people did in that game. But for me, other than that, otherwise, you know, to be expected. Yeah, for me at the time, I was quite surprised Mooney started that. I would have thought Howard would have got the nod, obviously coming out of that game against Haringey where he was on the pitch about what twenty seconds before he headed a ball into the net. Yeah. I thought Howard might start that one. I thought Caprice was a very lucky boy to come straight back into the team at the expense of Judd at that time considering yeah. Caprice got suspended for a really silly challenge and I thought Judd had done really well so Great. obviously there's four games to go through so this game isn't going to take the normal amount of coverage and the amount of in-depth analysis that we like to give every game we're going to cover 
most of the matches this, in briefly. this podcast quite briefly because there's yeah. four to cover. So the match kicks off and there are plenty of chances for the O's in the first half as Coulson headed over from a free kick in the fourth minute and Gala headed over from a corner in the 16th minute with Mooney shooting just wide in the 22nd minute whilst Brill had to be alert to deny Finney for Maidstone in the 21st minute. A goal was coming and it was the O's who took the lead in the 36th minute as Bonds and Gala was at the back post to slot home after his initial header was blocked from a James Dayton corner which puts us 1-0 up. Yeah, good to see another goal from a corner. Yeah, We went ages without scoring from a set piece 100% now they're a good source of creativity good delivery and we're getting the benefits out of that so good to see Bonds yeah. getting a goal there and a really nice celebration as Bonds ran off and they all the players chased after him good embraces on the on the touchline yeah, great absolutely. to see so we were one up the rest of the half was played out Mooney was unlucky not to get a touch on a clay cross it just fizzled across the goal yeah, in the 42nd minute and the half-time whistle went, and we went in 1-0 up the break. Yeah, good performance by the Saturday, yeah. especially as they were sort of in the playoffs. At the, yeah, they were, they were doing well. Sort of mark. So attendance there was 3,225, with 573 travelling Orient fans. Yep, second half kicked off with no subs for the O's. In the 50th minute, we had to make a change as James Dayton picked up a knock and was replaced by Matt Harold, who went up front, and then McCauley Bond dropped onto the right wing. So they didn't change formation, just how we're going up front and Bond dropping back onto the right wing. Yep, um, and it came in the 52nd minute. Orient doubled the lead as Jacob Priest did well on the right-hand side, crossed the ball in quite low, which went to Bond, who was able to turn and shoot, and he made no mistake from the few yards out that he was to make it 2-0. Yeah, good finish so, there by Bond. Good Easily. to get the second half you know, with yeah. a goal quite early on. Yeah, Caprice done well. Caprice done really well, actually. He got yeah, he the did. ball in. And Bob probably had a bit more time than what most defenders would give him, but he's still done very well. Good yeah. shot in the corner. And at that yeah. point, you thought, game done, really. Couldn't really see Maidstone get back into that one. Bit of pressure followed. Maidstone had a penalty. Pill waved away in the 58th minute and a shot over the bar from Lewis two minutes later. And then a loser shot saved. So Maidstone weren't coming at us, but weren't causing us too many problems despite having a bit of pressure. Yeah, McEnough and Lawless were booked in quick succession later in the half as Maidstone continued to press without success. Yeah, and then David Mooney came off with Jamie Sundles White in the 83rd minute. Collins fired over late on, whilst Matt Harold and McCauley Bond got booked. Five minutes of injury time were played, and the full time whistle went as Orient made it three wins on the trot with their first away win since August. Yeah, tweet from uh, at Matt Bristow, the unofficial stato. He said, stato. LOFC make it three wins in a row for the first time since August 2015 and the first clean sheet in the league since the 28th of August. Wow, tells you all you need to know there. Now, yep. in late, well, mid-late December. Exactly. First clean sheet since the 28th of August. After the game, Justin Edinburgh said, the players managed the game well from start to finish. We were solid and it was the best performance since I've been here. Dean Brill deserved the clean sheet from the front line was defended well and when they did play for us they came up against some very good defending I'm asking the players to do things and they are delivering we look solid we look bright and it's pleasing clean sheets are what good teams are built on because there's goals in this team and they're a fit group you could see that today but we're getting the foundations right I really like what Justin says every yeah. every uh, post-match I really like what he's got to say analyses the game well and is always fair Yep, so league table, that meant although we won, we remained in 20th because Barrow and Eastley both won at that time. So at this point, we've now uh, played 25, won 7, drawn 6, lost 12. Goal difference of minus 8, and we have accrued 27 points for that. So my views on that game, that's our third win on the bounce and back-to-back league wins, arguably 
different fi- uh, difficult fixtures, I beg your pardon. Yeah, it was, because obviously we had Sutton, Sutton at home, who were top at the time, and Maidstone, who were around the playoffs at the time. So yeah. no mean feat to take six points out of six from those two games. Absolutely, it shows everyone is beatable, uh, which is yeah. also quite pleasing. So for me, really delighted with the result. Shows the impact Justin is having on the players and how quickly he's having that impact. I question Judd being dropped at the start of this review, but Justin put his faith in Jake and Jake didn't let him down. Well, clean sheet and an assist. So. An assist, so you can't really go wrong yeah. with that. Coulson and Angala were solid at the back, as was Dean Brill behind them. Great that Bonner's increased his tally of goals now to 13. This is at this point in time. Yeah. What a great Christmas present for all O's fans. And as a final point, it was great to hear Dave Victor and Matt Hiscock singing Jingle Bells at the end of the match on Ozone. But don't give up your day job, chaps. I didn't listen to that, but no. if that is available, and Dave and Matt, if, I'm pretty sure you do listen to most of the podcasts. If you are listening and you have that on tape somewhere, please send that to us. We will play that in the next podcast. So if anyone has that anywhere, <laughs> send it over to us. That will definitely I wasn't quick enough to record get played. So for me, I had a feeling we would win this one, and we did. And again, it sounded like a good non-league performance, and it sounds like we are wising up to the style of football Justin wants to play. Coulson seems to be making a massive difference at the back, as does Brill. And good to see Bond get another goal. Freeman's on the trot now, and the good feeling is starting to come back to the club. And for that, Justin must take a great amount of credit. And great to see another clean sheet as well. Absolutely, yeah. Really good. So your views, so like we say pretty much after every podcast now, we get a huge amount of views. We try to read as many as possible. And just because we read them doesn't necessarily mean we agree with them. They just mainly good talking points that we think are worth mentioning on the podcast so Matty LOSC Evans tweeted us and said funny how a new manager can galvanise a team to perform another win and three in a row if we keep this form over Christmas then it could be a very rosy 2018 for us yeah Ron Sampson 15 says the pleasing thing about today was what was on paper a difficult fixture we won easily the boys were really up for it Coulson and Ngala were immense at the back and brought off his solidity which was lacking previously best performance this season in many ways I mean Dean Brewer obviously gets mentioned quite a lot the impact Dean Brewer's had is Quite staggering, really. Mm, yeah, obviously. he's a real talker. Really commanding. Uh, real talker, to... real guider. Doesn't like he's not a quiet guy. Um, we heard that against uh, on uh, against Bromley yeah. on Saturday when he was telling Jake was Jake saying how hard it is, and he's like, "I know it's hard, Jake. I know it's yeah. hard. But that's your job." So fair enough. There, only one team tweeted saying three points, clean sheet, job done, and we march on. Justin Edinburgh has done his job so far, and if the club back him in the January window, then 2018 could be a great one. Yeah, don't go anywhere because we have Kenty talking about the January transfer window later in the podcast. At Leon Aresti says the most pleasing thing for me is the fight across the team now. Coulson makes a huge difference, and we are putting our foot in now, where we looked very lightweight earlier in the season. The strikers and wingers are also defending from the front. Uh, Bradley Ackers, 95. Justin has installed the winning mentality that's been missing from an Orient team since the playoff season in 2014. We can't get too carried away, but if we strengthen a bit in January, it could be a good season in the end. Yeah, at Pandemonium, 1881 says, It wasn't a classic, but nor was Haringey, but this is how you win games in the fifth tier. Good point. Tight at the back, stay in the game, take chances when they come, and players look after their own roles. This will grind out vital win. After vital win, great tweet there by Matt. Exactly, yes, good point. Exactly. CM Oriental tweeted us saying a good way, a good away win and against a tricky opponent. Amazing to see the same players producing basic football skills and keeping it simple. Makes you wonder what these same players were actually doing that got the previous good man in Davis the sack 
I hope Justin keeps it going. Yeah, and the final good word, mate. So great point. Great tweet. Really coming. good point. Final word this time. It's from Scully at 1881. It says, without getting too carried away, I think today is more evidence that people were too quick to jump on Ling's back about the signings. I said to the people around me that most National League managers would bite your hand off for our squad, and Justin Edinburgh is showing why. Onwards and upwards. Yeah. So those are our views and your views. Uh, Prediction League updates are well done to Glenn Bevan at LOFC Chaz, at Bill underscore Johnson UK and at Jeladar, who predicted 2-0 and Bond to get a goal. So that means you get a bonus points. That's four points there. And we'll do a full Prediction League roundup at the end of this episode. Yep. So Sunday is 24th of December, Christmas Eve. So O's duo, Bonds and Gala and McCauley Bond made in the National League Team of the Week following their performance against Maidstone United. So these were the write-ups, Bonds and Gala. The right was his arrival has coincided with Orient's recent recovery. A vital opening up Maidstone set the team on their way to another win. Yeah, they said about Macaulay Bond, just where would Orient be without their talismanic top scorer? He notched the game at Maidstone United. It's now 12 for the season for the league's joint top scorer. So moving on. 13. I, okay. Yeah, I think it was 13. So Monday 25th of December. Merry Christmas one and all. We hope you yeah. had a lovely ho, day ho, ho. with your families and got everything you desired, including the Orient Outlook podcast mug a bargain of Good only point. £7 or 12 for 2 <laughs> um, Tuesday the 26th of December um, happy 19th birthday to young Charlie Barker yeah and then it was time to lace up and go again as the team faced Dagenham and Redbridge at home so the team for this one was Brewing Goal back four of Caprice Coulson Happy and Willowson with McEnough Lawless Clay and Dayton in the midfield with Mooney and Bon up front subs for this one were Granger Sundles White Moncur Caroma and Harold. yeah one change to the team against Maidstone as Dan Happy comes in for Bonds and Gala who uh, was not allowed to play against his parent club your thoughts yeah a uh, team I expected is obviously Bonds can't play against Daggers good to see Moncur just going to make returning yeah. onto the bench young Freddie Mr Bowtie extraordinaire yeah Good, I agree with that, absolutely. So the, the game got underway, first 10 minutes, Dagenham had most of the possession, created a couple of chances. Yeah, 10th minute, brilliant play from uh, Caprice. He got played in on the right, crossed towards Mooney, which was superbly headed away by XO Samling. Yeah, uh, absolutely. The following corner is, or the subsequent corner, is cleared out to McEnough and he tries his luck from the corner of the box, but Cousins saves. Yeah, in the 13th minute, Whiteley cold in a free kick over for Dagenham and Redbridge. And I think this was a George Sessions tweet saying Edinburgh won't be happy with this start. Yeah, uh, in the 22nd minute, uh, we should say thanks also to George Sessions and the club because we use their tweets uh, when we can't attend yeah. uh, some of the games. So thanks very much there. Uh, 22nd minute, Clay wins back possession inside the dagger's half. Bond let the ball run through to Mooney who shoots, but Cousins saved it. Yeah, 25th minute, Caprice got caught out of position and Sparks was in, but Coulson intercepted his cross with Ferrier and Whiteley waiting for the ball. So it sounds like it was quite a, quite a lot of stuff going on in the first half. It does, absolutely. And the last two people you really want waiting for the ball yeah. to come through to them are Ferrier and Whiteley. Uh, Ferrier holds off happy in the 30th minute, got his shot away, which was easily saved by Brill. A bit scrappy there, and Dagenham uh, had definitely been sort of edging it in this last sort of short period. Yeah, 37th minute. Mooney makes a great crunch attack on Robinson. Lawless brings the ball forward, and he has a shot deflected to Dayton, who comes inside. Shot wide. Yeah, in the 42nd uh, minute, uh, Orient seemed unhappy uh, as McEnough was brought down 25 yards from goal and referee Adrian Quelch allowed advantage until Clay received the pass inside the box and then calls back play. So again, a bit of an example of poor refereeing decisions. Then one minute of time was added on. 
Ref got fooled by Ferrier and gave Dagenham a foul, despite Willison hardly laying a finger on him in the half-time whistle win. At 0-0, George Sessions tweeted, a half which has really lacked quality, but both sides will be fairly happy. So the attendance was announced at a whopping 5,125 or 624 away fans. That is a massive attendance. Boxing day, considering we know so many people who did, weren't able to make it as well. Like I wasn't there. Obviously, you wasn't, wasn't there. there. Quite a lot of people we know weren't there. So a fantastic yep. effort there from all fans. Second half kicked off. No subs for the O's. Uh, but the only that the second half is only four minutes old when Golazzo. <laughs> it's a lovely play. Sees us open the scoring as Lawless passes out to Dayton, who crossed in. And that man Corson, bit of a goal scorer extraordinaire, was on the end of it and scores to make it 1-0 and another goal for Josh, putting his head in there and getting the goal. And he put Orient one up to the delight of Brisbane Road. Yeah, just three minutes later, we go close as Lawless played in Mooney down the right and crossed for Bond. But it's just too far in front of him, unfortunately, for him to get on the end of. But we weren't to be denied, denied a second goal for long as... Yeah, as... Macaulay Bond strikes again and doubles the uh, doubles our advantage as he collects a pass from James Dayton, shoots that is saved, but he puts the rebound, makes no mistake with the second bite of the cherry there, made it two 0 So within the uh, first quarter of the second half, we have doubled our yeah, lead. Good to see us talking goal lead. about Orient goals in the first fifteen minutes of the second half as opposed yeah. to opponent's goal. So sixty-six minute. Matt Harold replaced David Mooney. Yeah, and George Session tweeted in the 75th minute that Lawless has again been outstanding today. He'd done the dirty work when needed, but showed real quality on the ball. Excellent display. Lawless has been probably the most changed player, I would say, under Justin Ellenberg. I agree. Out of the total players on that pitch, Lawless, who looked, let's face it, pretty disappointing. It's probably a nice way of putting it. Yeah. Under Steve Davies, now looks like a battling warrior. He's that midfield enforcer that I think Justin wanted. Yeah, but what? So I don't think we're going to go after him. Because, you know, he said he wanted like a midfield, someone to do the dirty work. And I think Alex Lawless is that guy. I think Lawless is giving Edinburgh a headache for the time being. A nice headache. A nice headache to have. But Lawless is really almost like a different, well, he's a different player. If he is that player that that Justin wants him to be, i.e. that that sort of do the dirty work, then he's just saved Kent and Nigel a shed ton of money and yeah. bringing in another player. So that's, that's still have Charlie Lee to come back as well, who's quite a similar player in that role. So exactly. 77th minute, there was a Dagenham chance as Ferrier picked out Sparks with a good cross, but he shot into the side netting. Yeah, in the 85th minute, James Dayton is replaced by uh, Jamie Sendles White. 86th minute, Sam Ling tries his luck, but drags his shot wide. Sam, we know you still love the Orient, mate, and you will never score against us, so keep dragging Thanks those shots wide. Yeah, absolutely. His dad, he doesn't get hauled by his dad. Yeah, five minutes of time added on, and in the 95th minute, uh, Doe's deflected header bounce off the top of the crossbar, and the full-time whistle went, and we make it four wins from four after another impressive performance. Brilliant. So after the match, at Matt Bristow tweeted again, stat all, says <laughs> LOFC have kept back-to-back clean sheets in the league for the first time since April, May 2006, when they were 2-1-1, sorry, May 2016. What did I say, 2006? <laughs> yeah, Mansfield and the Oval away 1-0. So after the yeah. match, Justin Edinburgh spoke to Dulcet Day, so we've got a few tweets here to kind of mix up a bit from Dulcet Day. So he said, Justin said, I can't underestimate the importance of the presence of Dean Brill, so I've kind of already mentioned that, alluded to that fact. Yeah, Josh and Dean have had a massive impact and it's a positive run, but we've got to keep it going. Yeah, he went on to say that Josh Coulson is a very big player for us, he's committed to the club and is very happy here. I mean, Josh Coulson isn't a National League defender. He's clearly a level above, I'd say, same as I feel about McCauley Bond at the moment. Them two 
easily a, a better, lead to players. A better than what where they is are required. Now. Yeah. yeah, I would yeah. say. But so. they're part of a the plan. They're master plan, aren't they? So Absolutely. It's yeah. all good. But George Sessions quoted Justin Edinburgh on Josh Coulson's signing, saying, "I think negotiations are already complete." And Josh is committed to the club, which is a massive thing for him because he was at Cambridge for, what, 10 years yeah. or whatever, and he's a bit of a Cambridge United legend. So I think, it must be quite wrenching to leave, but it says a lot about our club I think he's that he's happy with, to leave for us. I think he's kind of fallen in love with the club. Yeah, I think the fans okay. have really backed him and come on to really like him. So I think for Josh, he's probably come thinking, I'll get a bit of fitness and I'll go back to Cambridge and fight for my place in January. But I think he's just been kind of over... Yeah, I think it also says a lot that he didn't go back to Cambridge to when he was injured for his rehabilitation. Yeah, I agree. And as I say, he's been fantastic, and it's definitely a league above. Yeah, you know the national league. So that league table, that we men that win moved us up to 18th as we played 26, won eight, drawn six, lost 12 with a goal difference now of only minus six, uh, which is fantastic uh, on 30 points. So as Eagle Wide on it fans will notice the dent like we just said Justin has made in our goal difference. So Absolutely. your views on the match, Mr Levy? Yeah, another fantastic result. Winning is infectious and I'm loving it. Two goals, Bond increasing his tally now to 14 and another clean sheet and another Christmas gift from the team. Although Dagenham aren't informed, we need to win matches and from what I can see, everyone is putting in a shift. It's not a coincidence that our change in form comes since Brill has been put in goal. Now, I'm not going to dig out Charlie and Sam here because I thought, as I've said it to a lot of people, and I'm probably in a minority here that favours Charlie and Sam, but a lot of the goals that we conceded weren't the fault of the goalkeeper directly but it was yeah so from that perspective but you know it it can't be a coincidence that 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 since Dean Brill has come into in between the sticks that that our uh, our form has has improved and also obviously with Josh Coulson uh, returning uh, as well Justin Edinburgh uh, has changed the team's mentality really as well which is absolutely outstanding with the transfer window opening soon we will have to keep hold of Bond, who must be attracting attention from clubs higher up the pyramid. And finally, signing Josh Coulson permanently is a superb piece of early business. Yeah, that move Your is thoughts? still to be confirmed. My, my view is, yeah, make it four out of four after another impressive win against good opposition. Sounds like we ground out the first half a bit, but did well not to concede and went in at half-time nil-nil and it came out for the second half completely different. And up popped Coulson with another vital goal and another one from Bond, who seems to be smashing it in the National League at the moment. Mm. Great to see another clean sheet for Brill. Uh, and a defence and I see lots of plaudits for players like Lawless like we've mentioned earlier in the podcast Clay got a lot of plaudits McEnough also and Mooney who have been like lauded and hounded out to a certain extent only a month ago uh, a very good win like it love what Justin Edinburgh has got to say about the team and hopefully can keep the run going and make it 5 out of 5 against Bromley on Saturday so obviously yep. we write that straight after the match so again yep. plenty of views uh come in we'll mention what we can so from at Ron Sampson 15 said a wonderful win today the players look totally different from under Davis yet it's the same players shows how awful Davis really was dating his quality most creative player we have everything positive stems from him a great Christmas for the Orient yeah Leon uh, Leighton underscore Eos said best half of football season centre midfield pairing outstanding and Mackinoff playing someone like 10 years younger, all-round excellent. At Alb 5399, it's a solid performance from all involved, but Mooney was disappointing again. Edinburgh is doing very well for us so far. Steve Jones, 177, another solid performance, well worthy of the three points. Since taking the armband, Mackinoff is producing the performances you would expect of a player of his experience. I think that's a really good point. 
Yeah, really yeah, spot on. At DoYouPedal underscore TW says a great performance from all the lads today. Lawless looks like a different player. Dayton was quality and I thought both Happy and Coulson were brilliant. Near the end we got sloppy but understandable. Excited to see where the team can go. I say Happy, again for me, has been outstanding this season. So Very mature another for, one. for a lad of 17. Yeah. Brilliant, some really assertive performances. Uh, James O'Hagan says, Defence is looking solid, even without Angala and Elikobi still to return. Brill is a good hand for this league. That's the back line fix. Just need one of the strikers to step up and try and keep up with Bond. Another excellent point. Yeah, Jack Coates 14. So it's a great result. Every player wanted it and they were fighting for everything. They didn't get a sniff at our goal on good form and playing well and looking forward to Bromley. Gary Talbot 7 said 10 points off the last playoff place as opposed to the last relegation place. Davis should have gone a month earlier, but we can still go up with momentum that we have. I can't believe we're talking about going up now. It's crazy. It's ridiculous. The way Let's not do that. Is Put the block on it. All. Absolutely. Samuel, LOFC 97. This is a brilliant performance today. Bonham Mooney worked hard, set the press. Clay and Lawless were brilliant and forming a good partnership. Wingers were brilliant. Defence looked solid with Brill constantly shouting instructions. Good to be looking up the table. Brill must be one of those keepers who, as a defender, must drive you absolutely mad because all he's doing is going... Blah, 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 blah. But for someone like Happy, it's probably not. For someone like Happy, it's brilliant, yeah. But for someone who's a bit more well, I don't, know, I don't think Josh Coulson or Bonds and Gala would say it's a bad thing either. No, 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 but it's um, always on your back, regardless of what you're doing, even if you're doing a good job. But good to have. Yeah, absolutely. Orient underscore fan. Uh, delighted for Justin, the owners, fans and players. Big win and builds confidence. We have a very capable squad, but vital we keep Bond, Dayton and Coulson fit for the remainder of the season. Strap yourselves in, boys. We're in for an exciting like few it, months. Like it, a pank P007 says, was refusing to get unduly optimistic until today, but it does seem that the flakiness and the uncertainty have gone. The Edinburgh Festival football is here to stay. I like hey, that one. Very good. At Orient Fan TV said, good performance from all involved today. Confidence is sky high at the moment. Great to get two clean sheets in a row and four wins on the bounce. Been really impressed with the players lately, but especially McEnough. Never stops talking and geeing up the players. Long may it continue. Yeah, McEnough, another one getting lots of applause. As we mentioned, <coughs> at Daniel underscore Slaw says, we did lose against Solihull, which was un-Edinburgh, but since then, I think a fair few half-truths have been said. Players going from poor to heroes in the space of five minutes really does remind you that football has so many ups and downs moving forward, hoping for happier times. And what I will say about Edinburgh is he strikes me as a man. If something's on his mind, he'll say it. So he won't beat around the bush. So if he's not happy with you, I think you'll know about it. And if you need to pull your finger out, I think you're being told in no uncertain terms to pull your finger out. Absolutely agree. Gorillas1985 says, four wins in four, two clean sheets in a row, call some fit again and staying permanently. George back in two weeks. Reinforcements coming in January. Players talking to each other, closing down and working as a team. Can't think of any negatives. It's been a while since I said that as a nose fan. <laughs> or in back in here, since the first half was like watching a game of tennis. Second half was faultless to a man. Overall, a very good team performance with a number of solid individual performances. Happy was great again. Hopefully Edinburgh's formula continues to work. Chris Cow too said, Most of it's already been said, but I'd add, Justin Edinburgh keeps it simple. The players know their roles and responsibilities and also know in no uncertain terms that they have to buy into Justin Edinburgh's way or be shit down. Yeah, good tweet that. At Stassi Stassi. Before Edinburgh, we were bullied out of most games, but we are now giving as good as we get. I was all for giving the young keepers a chance, but Brill's influence is steadying the back four is there for yeah, all to see. That, I'm, I'm in that camp there, I think. Yeah. Uh, final word goes uh, on this game to London Gary W, who says, 
Once again, organised, structured and hard to get through. Is it getting boring? No. Let's have more of that. Let's have a lot more, please. Yep, so thank you for Fantastic. all your tweets after the Dagenham game. So Prediction League update. Congratulations to at Len M4, at Alb5399, at BradleyAckers95, at Essex underscore zero, at Tommy Tealeaf, and at Bill underscore Johnson UK, who all correctly predicted 2-0 and had Bond to score, which means a bonus point. So four points in total. But a massive congrats to Atom Roberts28 and Eric Blueapp, who had Orient to win 2-0 with goals from Coulson and Bond to take the maximum five points. Well yeah. done to everyone there. And again, thanks for all the predictions we've had over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and apologies to um, Paul and Tim. Uh, it was me that was doing the updates on the Prediction League then and I made mistakes so sorry to uh, to you guys there but we've updated the league and you are all present and correct with your points now so Wednesday the 27th of December Josh Coulson is including the National League team of the day for his performance against Dagenham and Redbridge on Boxing Day and it says uh, Josh Coulson's uh, LOFC form has improved sorry LOFC's form has improved since his return from injury scored and kept a clean sheet in the big East London derby with Dagenham and that's good enough for us yeah good right up there also later in the day the good news keeps on coming and the club announced that Bonds and Gala's loan spell has been extended now until Saturday the 20th of January so for me a bit of a no brainer makes sense uh, and by that time I presume Ella Kobe will return so very happy with that one yeah um, I couldn't agree with you more, delighted with it. Um, and we have consistency at the back now. And yes, obviously cover uh, for, for, for George Ellicobi when he comes back. Yeah. Obviously just going to want to come straight back in. He'll probably do minutes here and minutes there. Yep, so Thursday the 28th of December. Another quiet day at Orient Outlook Podcast Towers, but that's how we like him. Friday 29th of December, the club announced a few youth players going out on loan. So firstly, Aaron Pollock joined Boston. Premier Division side Leverhead on a 28 day loan where he will play under XO Sammy Moore so we hope that Aaron gets on well there Leverhead doing very well Sammy's making a terrific start Isn't he in just? his first leap into management yeah. a good FA Cup run really good I think they're quite high up in their league you they're know, doing really Sammy well could be a very very hot prospect to watch and then additionally Fergie Scholars Ria McLean joined Margate and Charlie Barker joined Wingate and Finchley on work experience loans and Ross Toyu joined Haybridge Swifts on a work experience loan he scored on Saturday I don't know he if did. they played today but he scored on Saturday so good experience there for all the youngsters get them out get them first team football get them back hopefully better players more experience and a bit more ready for National League action yep so we're doing alright for time here Saturday the 30th of December now so this is the New Year's Eve Eve game against Bromley at home team lined up with Dean Brewer in goal Caprice Coulson and Gala and Widdison uh, Clay Lawless Dayton and McEnough across the middle with Mooney and Bon up top substitutes Charlie Granger Dan Happy uh, Sendles White, Karoma, and Harold. Yep, so only one change from the starting lineup versus Dagenham and Redbridge as Bonds and Gala comes back in for Danny Happ, who drops to the bench. So for me, that's the team I expect, although you can't consider Dan Happy to be quite unlucky to be replaced by Angala because of how well we played against Dagenham. Uh, for me, this is definitely Edinburgh's favoured starting 11 Agree. as it stands with what he's currently available. Agree with you, yeah, absolutely. I think Dan Happy is just being managed. They think he's more than capable, I think, from what Justin said post-match, that he's yeah. more than capable, but it's just not overwhelming him too many games too quickly. Yeah. Because he's still, his body's still developing and he's still playing men's, men's football, so you don't want to stunt him in any way. So the match kicked off, and after just four minutes, the match is blown wide open uh, from an Orient throw-in. Joe Widdison back passes poor. Uh, XO George Porter nipped in and went down under Angala's challenge. And Bonds and Gala was shown a straight yeah. red card. So talking now, point and a turning point in the match there, really. So Willison's back pass was over hit. 
rallied to Porter's uh, path really. It was no, it wasn't. Un, it wasn't that. It was just. It was just poor. It wasn't to anyone. And Angala responded. It was very, very slowly. Very silly, Porter. From where we sat, though, it looked like a red. But from what we understand from the guys that have got the video replays, and if you've, you know, you watched it and that, I've watched it back, and it's not conclusive. I was going to say for me, it's it's so inconclusive from the angle that I have. Only, I've only seen it on the ozone angle, so for me, I can't. I think can't Paul, see Paul, it. that sort of player that you would have gone down really quickly. Yeah, really but a player is always going to do that because it gets your man sent off in the fourth minute. An annoying player would do that and we wouldn't have a problem with it. So I don't see what the hate is for Porter, really. For but, me, as soon as he gives the foul, it's a red because he's yeah, last man. Yeah. And he's and he's just outside the box. So yeah. I can't argue with it. If Porter dived, then he's dived. But that is what it is, isn't it? What else? Yeah, there isn't really much else to say. Um, David Moon in the eighth minute is then sacrificed yeah. to ensure we've got four defenders. He's replaced then by Dan Happy. And there was basically 15 minutes of pressure uh, from Bromley. And then in the 22nd minute, they took the lead uh, for a well-worked goal, actually. Josh Rees played a perfect throw ball into Lewis Dennis, who had time and calmly slotted past Will to make it 1-0. I just thought that was a good goal, cut us open. They were playing us really along the floor, making their extra man count. But we were showing plenty of fight. Uh, and we're fighting for the ball probably we're just using the extra man to their advantage yeah for me neither Happy or Coulson picked Dennis up so they switched off there it was an excellent through pass to be fair like you say but um, you know if, if Happy and or Coulson were swi- you know, had switched on and were, were watching Dennis then it would have probably been stopped just on the edge of the box but as it happens he took that goal very well he did fortunately. he did so 26 a minute we didn't switch to a 4-3-2 as Dayton went to partner Bond up front and Clay Lawless McEnough made up the midfield and in the 34th minute just in front of us we were so close to an equaliser we had a free kick on the right Dayton swung the ball in Colson again just bullies his way just gets above everyone else doesn't care does he just manpower won it bravely heads it goalwards the ball hit a Bromley player deflected onto the post and then ran out when he likes against you he likes against you but I would say Dayton and again McEnough again their delivery from corners free kicks brilliant and tenfold better than what it was really good to see yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think you made a note here about it lifting the crowd. Really, it was a bit well. flat at that point, and but that really lifted the crowd. And people were passionate, and that seemed to. I remember after that happened, Dayton then screamed to the south stand like yeah, trying to cheer him up, up, and that did cheer him up, and that cheered the players up. So again, it's that crowd onto the player, player onto the crowd, chicken and egg in it. Yeah, what comes, yeah, yeah, comes yeah. first? But the next ten minutes, we have a large spell of the possession, which considering we've only got ten men, is is really impressive and put Bromley under yeah, enormous really pressure. Yeah, so 45th minute, McEnough had an effort which got deflected over. We had the corner. Again, a good corner from McEnough. And Coulson again was at the back post. This time beat the keeper, but was cleared off the line by Luke Wolfenden. Yep, so that's off the line and off the post. Yeah, so far. Both from Coulson in the first half. And the half-time whistle went swiftly after with us trailing a goal down and a man down. But fairly unlucky to be there because we thought we played really well. Yeah, I agree. We yeah we go in and one 0 down. Widdersson for me was appalling that half. Caprice really hadn't offered that much either. But we had a lot of sustained pressure. Bromley haven't really threatened either, considering they've got uh, eleven men on the pitch. Uh, they looked dangerous for about ten minutes, I think. But um, you know, it's just that one goal that separates. Yeah, us. Yeah, I agree with Widdersson. I thought Widdersson had a very poor first half, especially <laughs> when the ball bounced off his hair and he didn't know oh, where it was. That was funny. Was yeah, I didn't see that because I was looking at my phone. But you noticed it, and I've seen it back on the replay. He's just sort of. Running backwards and just seems to lose concentration. Yeah. Uh, I think you're a bit harsh on Caprice. I thought Caprice actually done right in the first half. Mm-hmm. Uh, great spirit though, and great sh- fight shown from Orient since conceding the initial goal. So the attendance again, 
over 5,000, 5,227, with only 322 from Bromley. I thought they would have had a few more than that. I agree. I, I think Second half kicked off, though. No substitutes. Uh, substitution, sorry, for Leighton Orient. But George Session tweeted in the 50th minute, he said, fantastic commitment all over the pitch from Orient players. Happy just crunched into two challenges after Lawless did the same moments earlier. So this is fight that we've probably not seen no, too much absolutely. of in the like, first half Something of the season. Justin Ellibow is completely <coughs> installed into his club and his philosophy, which was missing massively under Steve Davis. So really good to see. And in the 54th minute, another Mackinac corner was headed by Corson. And again, the ball's cleared off the line. This time, by ex-Orient Loney, Frankie Sutherland. Ball came out to Lawless, who volleyed over. That was a great header from Coulson. Had pace in it, and Sutherland's just done really well to clear it. Yeah. Lawless has kind of probably snatched at the volley over. Off the line against it. Two off the line, one off the post. Really, so just, just to help people really that weren't unlucky. there to build a picture. Really but I will unlucky. say, we mentioned in names of people, um, their goalkeeper, David Gregory, Gregory was, ex or, uh, was yeah. on loan for us, although he didn't play for us. Frankie Sutherland was on loan to us yeah. for QPR. George Porter, Ben Chorley, Alan Dunn. Alan Dunn, yeah. Uh, There was a couple of other players in their squad as well whose names escape me now. But in the 62nd minute, Matt Harold uh, replaced Joby McEnough. Yeah, for me that was the correct sub. I thought McEnough was looking tired early in the second half. Uh, But some superb deliveries from him, to be fair. Mm. And then Coulson took the iron man. So Coulson, captain in the club, 69th minute. Bromley keeper David Gregory got booked for time wasting. I think I missed that. I thought that was a bit harsh, actually. I was in the Basically, he's picked the ball up and moved it two yards to the left, which, yeah. But he wasn't doing a lot of time wasting himself. It's just that everyone would have moved and then he sort of goes to pick the ball up and moves it forward and then I think the crowd shouted a bit and a couple of more players oh, good shouted. on the ref. Good on the ref. And then the ref went over and just, like literally straight away just went good. over and showed him Not the standing for it. Yeah, yeah I like exactly. That. I so that nipped it in the bud early doors. 75th minute though and almost an equaliser as Craig Clay's cross uh, say that when you've had a few uh, comes to Lawless on the edge of the box he shoots connects well but the shot is superbly saved uh, by Gregory and that was an outstanding save I thought we've not got, done that enough justice I thought it got deflected but it didn't he just hit it and Gregory's just he's just got one one-handed one hand save. save to push it over the that, bar that good is save. really good really good, good save. save and then just seconds later yeah. Clay connected with Dayton's corner but his header hit the top of the crossbar and went behind for a goal kick at this point you're sitting there going no, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Today. Yeah, so it's we've like hit all off the, the line twice. Post goalkeeper saves it. So that's four chances. Yeah, good chances. Uh, uh, it's just not happening. And arguably, probably the be- one of the best chances of the games is eighty first minute. A great cross from Clay and Bond in a header, and you think it should be bread and butter really for for Bond there, but he headed it over. Bond normally eats those for breakfast. Yeah. So really, really frustrating there as Bond normally has those. For me, I, I thought he thought he might have been offside because he was really casual about it. No, I don't think. But he, he wasn't. That, no, he was completely onside. Yeah, um, and he was only a few yards out. Yeah. I think he should have done a bit better there. But with Orient pushing for an equaliser, four minutes of added time are added, and in the ninety-second minute, Matt Harrell's cross is chested down by Bond for Clay, who lashes a shot just over the bar. Yeah, the ninety-fourth minute final chance of the game. So we're piling on the pressure. This time, Harold flicked the ball off for Caprice. He kind of drawed a cross in. Keeper saved it. It came out to Bond, who I haven't seen this back, but Bond appeared to be very close, he not out of fire. Yeah. And he smashed it over. Well, normally, he buries those for fun. It's a bit of an off day there from McCordy Bond. Full time whistle blew, and Bromley held on for one. And when they celebrate like they've just been promoted from the conference, I would say they celebrate like they've just won the Premier League. Yeah. Really. But, it, you know, those players got applauded off there for their efforts. It was good to see that. Very well done. So Yeah, there was a couple of people commenting that when someone made a crunching tackle on one of our players that um, that the management were, were applauding yeah. it, which 
seems a bit unsporting, but uh, we, uh, as you probably all know by now, are fortunate enough to be able to go to the post-match press conferences, uh, and um, Dave Victor very kindly allows us to play uh, his um, his uh, interviews that he does with, with Justin. He asks some extremely good questions. So, uh, from the post-Bromley game, this is Justin Edinburgh. So, imagine you're proud of that performance. Certainly am. I think uh, performance was, was a very good one and, and worthy of something from the game. As we know in football, you don't always get what you deserve, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm disappointed for the players in the sense that they didn't because they thoroughly deserved more than they got today. Did Bonds and Garner deserve the red card? No, nope, not at all. Um, you know, the, the linesman's made the decision. The linesman is the wrong side to give that decision. The referee's in the right side to give the decision. Um, but once the linesman's waving his flag from 40 yards away frantically, he leaves the referee with no decision. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, it's the wrong one. And it's a guess. And you can't guess them decisions. They're key. There was only one key decision to make today. And unfortunately, the, the officials got it wrong. Despite having the extra man, Bromley didn't create many chances, but they took it well in the 32nd minute. No, it was a, a very good goal. Disappointed I on behalf because it come from our throat. Um, but they just outnumbered us in that important area, in that middle middle of the park. And we just switched off for that second. And, and that's fine lines. You know, that was the only one lapse of concentration, the only sight of goal they had uh, throughout the whole game. Um, but they dispatched it well and it, and it gave us an uphill task. But by God, did we give it a go and, and, we, and we nearly got to the top of that hill. You certainly did. Macaulay Bond leading marksman in stoppage time. So close. Yeah, listen, we win and lose together. And, um, you know, we've peppered them. We've had some chances cleared off the line. We've hit the woodwork. Keepers made a great save. We've shaved one or two just wide. But, you know, what we probably expect is, is Maka to score them. And that's where we are. And that's what we expect. And he does himself. And he's bitterly disappointed. But, you know what, he won't go hiding. And when the next one comes along, I've no doubt he'll dispatch him. Difficult pitch. Down to 10 men for over 85 minutes. That's the long preparation for a local derby <laughs> against Dayton. No. It wasn't something that we planned or needed. Um, you know, we've got a quick turnaround now, but yeah, it is what it is. We, we knew that before the game. Um, but regardless, I think we played like we had 11 men. So I'm looking that it probably ain't took that much more out of it because I think we dominated possession. We kept them pinned in, so we didn't have a lot of extra running to do. So, you know, I'm confident in my boys that they'll, they'll be ready to go again on Monday. And what's the situation regarding Bond's uh, suspension? Because obviously he wouldn't have played on uh, New Year's Day in any case, would he, against his parent club? I just think you let that cat out of the bag. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I won't tell anyone. <laughs> Listen, I don't know. I don't know the rule. I don't know if, if that counts. Would as you as appeal? Can you appeal? Uh, I'm not sure. I, I, I really don't know. I mean, I would. Uh, I don't know if we'll we'll be able to. I don't know the offices of the the football conference are open over this festive period. But I would appeal it. But he can't play anyway. So um, that that next game sees his suspension through. I better change the subject. Over five thousand uh, again at Brisbane Road. Yeah. No. Look. I think we're 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 buying into this together. We're 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 making a real good fist of this, and we and we're looking forward. Um, the crowd are playing a huge part and the players are responding to that as I said earlier I don't think anyone's leaving this stadium early um, and we're making this a tough place for anyone to come no one's enjoying coming here and I think you see from Bromley's celebrations that they probably felt they'd won a cup final um, and they were fortunate to do that but you have to accept that we move on um, but yeah the crowd played a huge part and they have 
they've done, and we've got to keep that that way. That's what we've got to do. Feels as if 2018 is going to be a positive one for Leighton Orient. Absolutely. That's the way we approach it. That's the way we look at it. And, um, you know, tough game to come against Dagenham, but, you know, we go there with real belief and uh, a real desire now because we feel hurt and we're unjust today in, in not taking points. Happy New Year. Thank and you, Justin. You guys. Thank you. So that was Justin Edinburgh speaking to Dave Victor after the Bromley game. So that defeat meant that Orient slipped to, uh, down to 19th in the National League table. We've now played 27. We've won 8, drawn 6, lost 13. We've got a goal difference of minus 7. Uh, we've accumulated 30 points. And my views yeah. on that game, what a game. Uh, genuinely, what a game. Spoiled by the early sending off, but what a dreadful pass from Wooderson, who, for me, never really recovered and was really awful throughout. Yeah. Despite it not being the result we wanted to end the year on, especially on the back of our last three games, the fact that we lost but created so many chances means we should be proud of our players today. 2017 has been a funny year, but to end it with so much fight and determination against the odds gives me enormous hope for a good start to 2018. I like it, nice closing sentence thank you there. Your views? for me a game where luck was uh, against us the result didn't go away but performance was one of fight and spirit which as a fan is all you can ask for and one that we haven't really seen over the last couple of months or the last couple of years I'd say certainly enough changed the game uh, and the ref may have been conned but it's down to poor gamesmanship from Bromley rather than poor ref um, mm. after that yeah. it was always going to be an uphill battle I thought thought they'd go actually work us up a bit and from that point we dominated the game Corson and Lawless were both superb uh, we defended resolutely and almost scored a few times uh, and unlucky uh, as the post defenders on the goal line and good keeping kept us out I don't think Bromley though was as bad as people were saying they are I think people should people should give Bromley a bit more credit but a good performance from us and what Justin Edinburgh has done in the last three weeks at the club should make us very excited as we move into 2018 so those were our views yep. your views are starting off with oh dear Walshy so it's sad to end 2017 with an all too familiar loss but we go into 2018 in a much better position often on the pitch than this time a year ago up the O's yeah Pierce Ray's team said Orient stood strong today how many times this season have we left thinking we'll never score if we play all day today I left thinking how didn't we score and with 10 men throughout yeah good to that at Orient yeah. underscore Ed said how did we not score great effort from the lads and let's face it still shows what a great job Justin Edinburgh has done thus far under Davis we would have lost with a whimper with 11 men never mind with 10 we have fight and passion now so let's carry on with this attitude we did lose with Davis we lost 6-1 um, at Lennon 4 said red card was costly and goal and the goal made it difficult to get anything out of the game but the players showed fight throughout happy with that performance despite the defeat at Wadsey says did everything but score today didn't look like we only had 10 men proud of them but we really need to take our chances new striker required Wadsey hold on they might be losing that later on in the podcast we yeah absolutely at LOFC 1971 said 11 v 11 we win the game and to be honest on chances made 10 v 11 we should have won the game. Forget the result. The performance and spirit shows we are going in the right direction, absolutely. which I absolutely agree with. That's 73 Ken. says, Red card made the job almost impossible. Having said that, we were by far the better side. A great spirit, great opportunities and great support once again. Come away feeling more positive and a little bit aggrieved we didn't get anything out of that match. Yeah, D. David, you said, can't remember the last time I enjoyed a defeat so much. Loads of outstanding performances. Lawless, the pick. Yeah, good tweet. That Charlie underscore Paul says, Bromley are an embarrassing club. Set out to cheat from the first whistle. O's fan. O's, sorry. O's should have taken their chances, but a fantastic performance from the boys. 
Edinburgh has got them playing with pride. Well done, O's. Yeah, at Daz Hodge said, never seen us create so many chances and not get anything out of it. We deserved a point from a great performance in the most difficult of circumstances. Woodison's back pass was awful, but should Ngala have stuck his foot in? Is it better to be 1-0 down or down to 10 Yeah, there's men? a few tweets alluding to that, saying Ngala should just let him go through, but I think as a defender, you can't really, you wouldn't let someone go through to get a goal scoring opportunity defensive instinct yeah. isn't it and Vince Howard 73 says I'm liking the spirit Justin has brought to the club these same players would have caved in like Bromley away but they kept at it and were so unlucky not to have got anything from the game at uh, MCA Ziggy said Ngala should have shown some footballing intelligence and allowed Porter to go through on goal criminal to get sent off like that after only four minutes Sam underscore Needham 0-1 says the way the Bromley play celebrated after beating a side with 10 men at 1-0 tells us all we need to know about our performance today very unlucky not to score but we definitely need some pace and another finisher up top Bond needs some weight lifted off his shoulders at El Hangel said to be fair to their keeper David Gregory he clapped our fans even though he never played a game for us just sat on the bench. I thought that was classy from him. Yeah, I thought that was a nice little tweet there. Yeah. And the final word for this one goes mm. to at Orient Meat Pie, who says, These performances under Edinburgh are something to be very proud of, and they are bringing everyone at the club together again. We were so unlucky today, but it's impossible to be disappointed because of the effort and endeavour the team is showing. Yep, so, yeah, so those were all the views on the Bromley game prediction league update. Interestingly, despite a large amount of predictions, nobody correctly predicted for this one. No, I so, think Martin Strong. Predicted 2 0 and a red card. Did it? To Bromley. But there's right. only 1 0. So he, no. he almost no got it. No points. He almost got it. Nil Poir from Martin. So moving on into New Year's Eve, Sunday the 31st of December. Elliot Byrne tweets to confirm he'll be taking up the role as press officer and Courtney Hudson will be the new media assistant. So congratulations to both these guys. Very well deserved promotions and we know they'll do fantastic jobs in the new role so congrats again to both of you indeed so today Monday the 1st of January happy new year to everybody happy 7th birthday to young James Houghton it's a pleasure to sit near you in the South Stand and hear all your stats and hear you correct so us so knowledgeable yeah amazing it's, it, it shames us actually yeah so no we, we played this team on that day and we won no it was, it was 3-1 it? it wasn't 2-1 and this player yeah. who played four years ago was being, actually number 27 and not number 24 as you've said Stephen yeah. Paul so being, being told by a seven year we old we hope you've had a great birthday James and enjoyed your Leighton Orient cake that was sweet to us earlier confidence anyway Dagenham and Redbridge <laughs> away team lined up with Dean Brewing goal Caprice Coulson Happy and Widdison Josh Caroma uh, Lawless Clay and Dayton with Mooney and Bon up top substitutes in this game were Granger Sendles White Moncur Dolby and Harold. Yep, so that means there are two changes from Saturday's game. As Joby McEnough was replaced by Karomo due to an injury he picked up on Saturday, and then Happy came in to replace Bonds and Gala, who couldn't play anyway, but was suspended as well. So Happy was in. Yeah, absolutely. So other than obviously Josh Karoma coming in for Joby McEnough, and um, you know it was to be uh, expected really, except obviously Dave Mooney, pretty much everybody else played the full 90 minutes on Saturday. So... You know, is one day rest enough? Although Dagenham are in exactly the same boat as us. So. Yeah, I think Justin said in this post-match that we had good possession on Saturday, so we weren't chasing the ball down as much, so we wouldn't have any qualms about okay. playing them again. That's for me, good. yeah, as expected for me. So Justin, like we said before, kind of has got that eleven. That's his best eleven in his mind at the moment, and if they're all fit, that's the one he is going to try and play to the best of his yeah. ability so the first half coverage today is from George Sessions tweets that we were unable to make the match and unable to see any footage as we record just hours after said game that we're about to run through 
So first minute, nearly 1-0 with only 20 seconds gone as Karoma played him Mooney down the right and he looked for Bon, but he couldn't connect with a touch. That would have been a dream start. Imagine oh, yeah. that after 20 seconds. seconds. Yeah, exactly. Fifth minute though, Lawless passes into Karoma. He controls before producing a looping volley which Cousins has to tip over. So it sounds like we're a good bit start for us. Yeah. Yeah. Ninth and eleventh minute, Dagenham fashioned two chances but we defended well to clear the danger. Yeah, 15th minute, Alex Lawless looks to get Bon in, but Craig Robson defended well and Orient have a corner and we were, uh, George noted that we produced him some nice one-touch moves. Like it, good to hear. 18th minute, a yellow card for Dayton, as really knocked it down for Dayton and he went down with Robson close to him and he got booked for simulation as he was trying to get a penalty but wasn't given and yellow for simulation. Yeah, 22 uh, minutes on the clock now, Bucard of Dagenham is closed down quickly by Alex Lawless. So he finds Howell, but he drills it over under pressure from Lawless, or in working very hard. Lawless is like a, a different, like a now, different player. Yeah. Like a man possessed now. And so far, really, we've only got to 22 minutes now, but this game seems to be very attacking from both sides. I know we've not really mentioned too many of Dagenham's chances, but didn't really expect that, considering we'd only played yeah. two days ago. Yeah, the rest. 25th minute, John Steele and Adibar share a chuckle on the touchline. We both think they should have won a free kick after Lawless and Bloomfield tackled each other. Yeah, 31 minutes, Dave Mooney controls and finds Craig Clay, who puts, uh, who looks to put Mooney th- uh, through. Robson makes a superb interception, and George noted that uh, Robson had, has been excellent yeah. so far. Dave also, Defender. in that minute, Sam Lynn got picked out on the right, cuts inside, had a shot, but Brill saved. Yeah, 34th minute, James Dayton's delivery is excellent and Mooney, Bon and Coulson are all close to it, but Sam Ling manages to clear. Decent opportunity for us there. Yeah, like we've already alluded to, McEnough, Dayton, their delivery into the box has been sublime over the last couple of weeks. A long yeah. may that continue. A bit of dagging and pressure in the face of minute as we got caught out down our left side. Hal chipped in towards Bloomfield, but Coulson got into head it behind and the resultant corner was eventually deflected wide. Yeah, Bukar gets to the loose ball following Sparks' corner and crosses in again, takes a deflection, but Bill, uh, Brill sorry, prevents a third consecutive corner. Yeah, 42nd minute, Ling got picked out again in space across from Bloomfield, but he headed straight at Brill as the O's stopper pushed the ball over. Yeah, and right on the stroke of half-time, there's a goal disallowed. Um, Macaulay Bond jumped into Sam Ling, catches him late. Dayton volleys home moments later, but the ref had already pulled it back for the foul, yeah. which is the right decision. Yeah, I mean, I've not seen any tweets coming saying we should have a golf stand, so that would lose that. It was the right decision. So half time was nearly nearly the for this one. It was 3,144 <laughs> with 1,235 Orient fans, which is about 40% of the crowd. So again, fantastic travelling away support. So if you win, hope you had a good day. And just kudos to you for making the journey on New Year's Day, probably yeah. on slightly. Pretty bad hangovers for a lot of you. Yeah, I would say absolutely. So hopefully you didn't drive. Second half tweets are courtesy of the club's official tweet. So in the uh, Twitter feed, sorry. So in the forty seventh minute, an absolutely brilliant chance here is a wonderful cross from Widdison finds Mooney, who connects with a header, which is somehow kept out by Cousins. They're just not going in for Mooney, are they? They're at not. All. But when they do drop and one does go in. He'll be unstoppable. I hope, yes. Like so Bond. he scores one. Like and, and the one he scores will be like a 45-yard like half volley that no one sees coming. It's yeah. got to be. Um, I think we should do this second half courtesy of the club as tribute to Charlie Long. Uh, Let's do it. It seems that's, like a nice thing to do. That's kind of why I did it. Like it. So 55th minute, O's pushing forward for the opening goal, but Dagenham standing firm as they clear several crosses into the box. And just five minutes later in the 60th minute, a poor touch from San Ling inside the Dagenham area falls to Dave Mooney in tight space, but his shot is blocked. 73rd minute, Ferrier cuts inside from the right and was denied 
denied by a superb challenge from Woodison before a lucko strike from distance was held by Brill. 74th minute, Matt Harrell replaced Dave Mooney. Standard sub, that one, isn't it? Yeah, it's it is, Round 65, yeah. 75, Harrell from Mooney. Yeah, 77th minute, Caprice's cross bounces awkwardly for Robson, who heads the ball behind, and from the corner, Happy has a shot blocked from close range. Uh, Craig Clay got booked uh, in the 79th minute. In the 83rd minute, Karoma goes down and gets some treatment, and the bench got ready to bring Sunderland's White on, but Karoma was okay to carry on. Yeah, and in the 90th minute, big chance for the host as Ferrier drills in a low ball, which is blazed over by Okinabiri. Glad you had that one. And in three minutes of stoppage time were played, but the game ends even at 0-0 as the O's take another point over the festive period. Yeah, Justin Edinburgh said post-match, I'm delighted with the performance. I thought we were dogged and committed, and it was not pretty at times. But what I would say is when I first came to the club, I don't think we would have got that performance. Completely agree with that. 100% spot on. Completely agree with that. Yeah, we've seen a lot of improvement, and I'm proud of the players because, as we know, we played long periods against Bromley with 10 men, but it didn't affect our performance. Yeah, Justin then went on to talk about the upcoming transfer window. And he said, I've offered names to the chairman and we are in advanced stages with, with all of their players. So hopefully we conclude our business pretty quickly. We need to do that and we have been active behind the scenes. So I hope we will have two in place by Saturday and if not another, and we'll look for a couple more after the weekend. So it's, the telling thing for me there is he says he's given names to the chairman and they're in advanced stages with all the names he's given. So the chair, well, the board are obviously backing Edinburgh on everything, which is great to see. And obviously we've got Kent's interview coming up. Well, no, it's not really an interview anymore, is it? It's just a chat with Kent, essentially. Catch up. Where he'll, just a catch a up. New Year catch up. Just three friends catching up on, a, right. on a phone. That's Two right. sitting in his house and the other one sitting in his front room in Texas. Yeah. So, so breaking news uh, from earlier on this evening uh, was that one of these players is reportedly Cheltenham forward Dan Holman, um, and we also understand that a deal for Josh Caldwell, actually Justin's already said that, He's alluded to that, that, hasn't he? that yeah. it's, it's literally literally done. I don't know if Josh has put his signature on the contract or what, but uh, apparently uh, Dan Holman will be joining us uh, shortly as well. Yeah, uh, and that's so what the chart manage, manager let that slip uh, at his post-match conference yeah. today. Gary... So. Johnson Gary Johnson well done yes. so league table in that point means the O's are in 19th place in the National League we've now played 28 games won 8 drawn 7 lost 13 with a goal difference of minus 7 on 31 points yep so my views on that would have taken a draw before the start of this game sounded very attacking on both sides which considering neither have had enough recovery shows how much both sides wanted the 3 points especially us which we probably wouldn't have said a couple of months ago. Not a bad way to start 2018 with a clean sheet. Now the boys can get some rest in and we go again on Saturday. Yeah, for me, another decent point and a very decent clean sheet. A tough ground to go to and keep a clean sheet. And that was our third clean sheet over the festive period. How many times can Steve say clean sheet in the synopsis? Yeah, quite a lot. Yeah, quite sounds a lot. like another match where there were quite a few chances for both teams. So a draw, probably on reflection, seems like a fair result based on what we've read out. Good to see the team fighting for the shirt again, as they must have been knackered. And I think Justin will see this as a very decent point. I agree game. with you on that, absolutely. So those were our views. So now your views. Paul up underscore Abuthnot said, a typical nil-nil stalemate. Neither team had presence in the final third of the pitch, but on the upside, our defence is looking solid. It really, yeah, it really is. That Finn Tower with 73 is a decent point, especially playing for so long with 10 men on Saturday. I'm hoping we bring in a proven goal scorer, as we need to be burying the chances we create and can't be reliant on Bond or all the time so I don't know too much about Holman but I've seen a few tweets that say he's pretty he's got a pretty good record at national league, league level, level so yeah. we'll see what happens with that one and I wonder if he'll come in for Mooney if Mooney drops to the bench or if we didn't go held and Mooney on the bench 
quite interesting, quite a nice headache again for Justin to have. It means that Dolby won't be, so he'll probably either stay in the under-23s or he'll go out and work experience. Yeah, possibly, well, yeah. Because I think a lot of the younger guys will probably be uh, yeah. moved out. Tom P1984 said two games in three days was going to be tough. Another clean sheet showing improvements are being made since a month ago. Yeah, and Richard J. Bourne says defence is so much tighter and Bill just gives you more confidence. Four games and not a single goal conceded this season against the Daggers. That's a good little spot there. J.E. Staff said, very satisfied with just a calmer, more composed proposition under Justin. He's producing clean sheets yeah. for us too. I reckon Blue Apps is a decent point. Very good at the back and unlucky up front. Mooney's confidence though is shot. Really needs one to go in off his backside. Well, I would have taken over nil nil before kickoff. Ian Manny Rennie John said, creditable point. Although we've not scored in either game since Boxing Day, despite showing lots of promise, need another wide option. Samido, anyone? Oh, and Ramsden says, solid performance from the O's. Need more width on the left and another striker. Mooney is not cutting it for me, but Edinburgh has definitely got his side playing with more passion again. Yeah, Tobias Lamptey said, always respect the point. Another clean sheet is positive. Another good performance from Dan Happy and delight for Josh Caroma, who I believe has excellent potential. Yeah, Julian Adelman says, seven points for four games. I'm so happy with that. And three of those were clean sheets. Players looked wiped today and who can blame them? All in all, a successful Christmas period and a great effort. And the yeah. final word then for this one goes to El Cowardo who says, I'll take a Illinois away at Dagenham after playing 86 minutes with 10 men on Saturday. Also just want to say we are undefeated in 2018. So nice to be undefeated. So far, absolutely. So as we uh, mentioned earlier on in the show, uh, before recording today, we caught up with principal investor, a uh, friend of the show, uh, Mr. Kent Teague, who was at his home uh, in Dallas and uh, he was calling us through... Uh, the internet so that sometimes the line might be a little bit on the fuzzy side so apologies to you for that but we caught up with Kent uh, to talk about the club's plans for uh, this transfer window his thoughts on um, obviously Steve leaving and Justin joining us and so on so it's about 15 minutes here which we're going to play for you now so delighted to have you back on the podcast Mr Teague so you were last on in mid-November if we're correct and quite a lot's changed since then Potentially mean by, or what? What do you sort of envisage the changes? The changes being? Can you give us a bit more uh, sort of insight into what those changes might be? Sure. Well, there's a, you know, there's a transfer window that's now open officially. Yeah. Thank, thank goodness. <laughs> so that's that's great. Um, we really have a, a list of uh, things that we want that Justin has come forward and said uh, he wants. And also Martin has been wanting for a while. So we've been working on some of these for a while. Uh, And so we're very excited that the transfer window is open. We've been very active uh, about being proactive, going after 
near the end of the transfer window, there'll be opportunities that may fall our way. And we're very excited about those. And that's the reason that I'll be back in London or back in Leighton on the uh, 23rd or 24th of January through February 5th so I can be there just in case one of those opportunities falls our way and uh, we need to execute on it very quickly. So Justin's come to you with a list of people that, or areas that he wants to strengthen with a list of players that potentially he feels could help fulfil that cri- the criteria that he needs? It, it happens. It happens. There, it's, it's, a, it's a circular process. Um, we go through an evaluation of our players uh, fairly regularly. And uh, and when I say regularly, I mean not just minute by minute during every game, but it's it's almost like that. And then what happens is is that when Justin joined, uh, he came to us and said, I've been watching the side, I've reviewed some of the tape. These are the things that we you know, that, that I think we should get. And then Martin says, Yeah, I agree with that and we've been working on these players or these areas and these are the people that we've been going after. And then Justin says, okay, well, I want to go after maybe this person that I know or these people that I know. And then they come to the board and they say, we want to go after these people. They're going to cost about this amount of money. And so we say, okay, how do we make that work financially? And so it's a circular process. We go back to them and we say, is there a way to do this or is there a way to do that financially and team-wise and, and all of that? So we're in this circular loop constantly. And so that, so yes, Justin has input, a lot of input into um, how to make our side better. And Martin is consistently looking at how to make our side better. And we are consistently trying to figure out how to do that. So that's going to be obviously be quite a few new players coming in. Do you expect a few players to be leaving? Uh, yeah, because we, we have to make room. I mean, we've already got 31 or 32 players on the roster, um, and so there'll be some players that, we'll, that we will need to loan out. You know, there's a, it's the cascade effect, right? The cascade effect doesn't just happen from the Premier League down to a, a championship. It happens also at our level. So if we get uh, a, a three or four upgrades in our squad, then we've got three or four players maybe who uh, we need to move or return on loan or do something do something with because it's not fair to that player to just store them and them not be getting playing time. So we're constantly moving people in and you know moving people around. So it sounds like it's going to be a very busy transfer window uh, and quite an exciting one for Orient fans. Yeah. Obviously today's yeah, been... Bert, yeah, Mark, Martin Lane keeps asking me when he's, gonna, when he's going to get a vacation. And <laughs> I, have, cons, I have consistently answered with a five-letter word. Never. <laughs> so so uh, I, haven't, I haven't answered with a four-letter word, but I've got a... a very fine five-letter word I've thrown at him quite a bit, and that's never. And you know that's just that's 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 the role that he's in, and he loves that role to be honest. And and 
change the practice schedule or what they're doing, uh, you know, in practice or out of practice. Um, that's, you know, that's, that's what we're trying to accomplish. So we're, we are constantly asking them to make our side better. And they are constantly asking us, are we willing to do what it takes to make our side better? And we're constantly saying, yes, we are. So it's a, it's a, it, you know, it's just, it's just a very simple example. Weights in a weight room. Weights in a weight room. That, you know, let's get some weights in the weight room yeah. of a certain style or a certain type. Okay, done. You know, so they're in physio. And so that our, our desire is that every week, every day, really, our side gets better and better and stronger and stronger. That's what we want. Just to jump back um, a little bit, um, you know, when we sort of started this interview with you, as Steve said, that a lot has changed since then, and we've mentioned his name a few times in this conversation. It's just in Edinburgh. Obviously, when you were last on with Nigel uh, and Rich, uh, when you came to mine and we, we sort of did that episode, uh, obviously Steve Davis was the manager. Uh, and I guess in any line of work, in any industry, there are hire, hiring people that are hired and people that are fired and no no more so or I guess it may be even more so in, in the football industry which is obviously a results-based industry and, and I'm gonna imagine that was quite a tough tough thing to do to fire Steve because he, he is a nice guy we, we got to meet him on several occasions and he always came across extremely well yeah a change in personnel in any area is hard to do and it's never it's not it's never something that you want to do Mm. Uh, but you have to balance performance versus potential and so what what we're constantly asking ourselves is how are we performing you know what is the potential of this person to perform and so we've got a lot of players, coaches, staff, uh, you know, all of that who are constantly faced with this question of, you know, are you better today than you were yesterday? Are you improving? Are you performing well? Um, and are you are you living up to your potential or are you showing us that you have that potential? So that that's just that's a constant thing that's going on really in the world. I guess you must be thrilled with the impact kind of Justin's had. I think, you know, a huge amount of fans and tweets we get are, are really happy with the fight and the passion being shown on the pitch. Results have been turning around. Performances have been better. The atmosphere at Brisbane Road is a lot better. So I guess I guess from your perspective, you must be really happy with the impact Justin's had in the short time that he's been at the club. Yeah, well, yeah, I, obviously. Um, I mean, he has definitely had a big impact, not just at Brisbane Road, but, you know, at Chigwell, you know, the training ground, uh, all of that. And, th- and that's what happens when you make that kind of a change. You kind of do expect that there will be a pretty big impact and a pretty big change. And that's definitely happened with Justin. It's just that it's a style, it's a style thing. You know, uh, Steve Davis has a certain style, a certain way about him. Um, he was a very successful manager. And, you know, Justin has been a very successful man. 
manager, they have two very different styles. And sometimes one style fits better in a certain organization, and sometimes a different style fits better in an organization. So, listen, this thing with Justin, you know, we were saying the same thing with Steve uh, when Steve started uh, a long time ago. So let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Uh, let's let's give Justin a few more games, a few more few more outings, and uh, but we do just like we did with Steve. We have all the best hope. And, and we do believe that Justin has made a difference and he will continue to make a difference. Good answer. So today is January the 1st. 2017 has been and gone. It was a year of two halves. Obviously, tell mm-hmm. first half up till June the 22nd since then. I'm pleased to say. Uh, 4.45, yeah, we all remember. A much better second half to the year. So we're now in 2018. So what are your hopes, what are your aspirations for 2018? And what, what does the club have planned going forward as we lead into the future? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that it won't. It will really change for me. My hope and my desire every year will be the same. That is that I want us, those of us that are associated to uh, Lake Norian, and I mean the staff, the coaches, the players, the fans, the you know our uh, the people that work with us, the stewards, the you know all, all these people that are involved in our club. I want them to constantly be more proud of our club today than they were yesterday. I want them to be more proud in 2018 than they were in the second half of 2017. I I really don't count the first half of 2017. I didn't have have any impact on that. You know, it it wasn't my time. But now that it is our time, faithful are behind uh, the club more more so than ever I think with the record attendances yeah. uh, that we've had over the Christmas period which are notoriously sort of quiet because obviously people are away and family time etc um, we took 1,235 people over to Dagenham today and we always filled out, fill out their away end and there was over 5,200 on on Saturday so I think I think it's fair to say that uh, that the Orient community are, are, are pulling in, in the same direction and, and, and very supportive of you and, and Nigel and the uh, and the whole board actually and Justin and Martin and everybody so um, yeah. yeah I think I think it's I think that's that's a fair thing to I, say. I, I, I think I think people generally can feel the commitment they can feel the enthusiasm they can feel the leadership they can feel the things that our leader is doing and that's Nigel and you know he is very passionate about Lake Norian he's very uh, dedicated to it he's very thoughtful about it um, he's very he, 
the chairman of the club, he's doing a fantastic job of sort of spearheading this level of enthusiasm. And I think it, it, it's, uh, I think it's, it, it's catching, right? I think it catches fire, and and, and it's and what happens is, is that then, as people from the fan trust and the supporters club and Lake Orient trust and you know, as those people start to get involved, it sort of just spreads like a wildfire. And that's the great thing about it. But it really comes down to uh, Nigel's true passion, leadership, and, and his dedication to Orient. So that was Kent T. Lake Orient, Principal Investor and Vice Chairman, speaking to us just before we started recording the podcast. So a massive thank you to Kent for coming on and talking about the January transfer window 2018 and much more. Obviously, Kent is at home in Dallas. Yeah. I uh, didn't have to do that, so <coughs> thank you very much, and hope you enjoyed that. Yeah, absolutely. So, Prediction League update then. Uh, well done to LesLK52 at OXOOCH and Rob Kelly18, who all correctly, correctly predicted a 0 0 draw. So, that means that currently leading the way is at Bill underscore Johnson UK with 19 points. In second place, Samuel LOFC 97 on 15 points. Lawton Gamst and Unexpected Item O follow up in joint third place on 14 points. Uh, Full table is on our Facebook page, so thank you to everybody uh, for all your predictions. We get literally hundreds every single week or or dozens and dozens on on some. So really, really grateful to everybody for taking the time uh, to do that. So um, that is on our Twitter yeah, so let's round up this uh, bad boy of a podcast coming in an hour, 25 minutes. So Fantasy Football League update. Tim Roberts leads our Fantasy Football League up table on one, two, two, four points. Tim Roberts also predicted correctly one of the results that we've just gone through. So he's, oh, sweet, he's yeah. smashing it. Uh, he's seven points ahead of Dave Hayton. This week's uh, numbers haven't been added yet, so that could all change me I'm in 59th yeah, place now, so up, I'm pushing up. I need to. I want to end up in the top 20. I'll be happy in top 20. That's my goal. That's amazing. That is my goal. So positives and negatives from the fortnight that was in. So positives in seven points from 12 over the Christmas period. The defensive record much better. Three clean sheets out of four games, looking good. And the only goal we conceded was a pretty good goal actually, uh, with 10 men in our team. And then the last one. Last positive, and we could have had more really, uh, but lastly, all the players fighting for each other and the shirt, which is something I think we alluded to earlier in the podcast, and yeah. we haven't seen that in the last couple of months, and great to see. Yeah, the attitude and fight there is really important. Absolutely. Uh, negatives, going down to 10 men so early uh, against Bromley, uh, and obviously from our perspective, uh, missing some of our chances, not taking some of them and just being unlucky. Yeah. Uh, with others being cleared off the line and hitting the post and so on but yeah, um, you know only a couple of negatives in what has been an extremely positive time for us absolutely so hero of the fortnight so there were a few contenders but we've got a unanimous decision perhaps we should have gone out and done a poll but too late now too late with a game just probably could have done it if it was tomorrow but too late it's going to be Josh Colson for us well done Josh you had Hero of the fortnight. Absolutely. Next week's fixtures then, just the one fixture you'll be pleased to know coming up this week as we welcome Boreham Wood 
uh, I use that term welcome very loosely, to Brisbane Road <laughs> on Saturday the 6th of Jan. Uh, they are currently 8th in the National League on 43 points, having drawn one all away to Sutton today. So that's it, ladies and gentlemen. It's been a busy, festive period at the Orient, with four matches culminating in a total of seven points, as the team continue to make great strides under the leadership of Justin Edinburgh. The defence are keeping clean sheets, the midfield are working car, but we aren't having the luck we deserve in front of goal, although that hopefully that will change on Saturday. From this week, though, things return to normal as unfortunately everyone goes back to work and we only have the one game to look forward to on Saturday. So time for the squad now to get training, relax a bit and get ready for a surge up the National League table. So thanks for joining us for episode 127. We'll be back with episode 128. Marching through the hundreds Crazy, now. Marching mate. through. Next week with all the information that you could ever need. Yeah, if you're listening to us on iTunes, can you please do us a favour, just subscribe and give the podcast a very quick review. It doesn't have to be chapter and verse. If you're listening on SoundCloud, TuneIn or Stitcher or any other uh, format uh, or platform that is out there, uh, add us to your favourites in that way. You'll have all the podcasts available as soon as we upload them. And if you have someone who isn't uh, particularly up with the technology side of things, can you do us a favour? Uh, introduce us to them we hope they will enjoy what we have to say uh, as well um, just a quick thing as well we still do have some uh, mugs that are available yeah. that do make an extremely good addition they are um, the slightly thicker style of yes, mug I think at this point we'll um, not we're going to say this China. because we didn't realise that there was uh, tendencies if you like for styles of mugs they are not bone china mugs unfortunately we don't have that much of a budget uh, and therefore they are still available although Did I would say still very good quality mugs. extremely good quality, good quality really mugs. hold the heat of the drink in really well <laughs> I know it sounds really technical but it's something like I've got mugs that all the heat goes into the actual mug and the drink goes cold yeah. quite quick so uh, yeah so they are available you can email us orientoutlook at outlook.com uh, you can message us on twitter uh, which is at orientoutlook that that's our Twitter address, if you like. You can find us on Facebook, search Orient Outlook Podcast, and you can send us a message there. Or if you prefer Instagram, we are Orient underscore Outlook underscore Podcast. So a massive thank you once again. Uh, well, for everyone for listening, firstly. Secondly, to Ken Teague for coming on. Always a pleasure to speak yeah. to Ken. Always brings a smile to our faces. Matt Lockwood and to the for his message. To Matt Lockwood, and apologies for missing out uh, on his message. I don't think he listens, so it's called cool. 126. Uh, I think he does. So we look forward to hearing from you. And as always, have a great week. Keep calm and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. And we're going to play you out with one of our favourite songs. The so only here way we go. To play you out. Yeah, up the O's. Up the O's. Up the O's.